This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 104.9 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin talks sports. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. No more back thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war, and poverty. Oh, wake up all the teachers, time to teach a new way. Oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better, you know, wake them up, get them up, get them going Tuesday on b 16 May, what a May Tuesday it's going to be, a lot to do, what a week we've had on tap, kind of the calm before the storm, on a ton of sports last night, we had a great game seven in hockey, which we will certainly talk about, Major League Baseball as well, man, the week to come is chock full of big time stuff, big series for the Longhorn baseball team, taking on West Virginia this week. Uh, getting ready for, uh, to wrap up their regular season. High school baseball in the area big time this week as well. Of course, the PGA Championship tees off up in Rochester, New York on Thursday. Golf's second major. And, of course, the NBA Conference Finals tip off tonight and tomorrow night in the Western Conference and then the Eastern Conference. So a heck of a lot coming uh, and a lot to do here on B&E to start your Tuesday morning. Appreciate you being there. However you find us, try to make it as easy as possible uh, for you to find the shows that you like here on The Horn, including this one, the show of the people. 104.9, always rocking and rolling. Also, 101.9 FM, AM 1260. And digitally, boy, we make that as easy as possible. Download that Horn app and uh, listen to us wherever you are, whenever you want to, on your smartphone with a touch of a button. Also on your smart speaker at home and work, and always Mr. Godbolt, right there on your computer, your laptop, wherever you are, at hornfm.com. Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so much for what you do. It is appreciated. We thank you each and every day. Please be safe out there. Absolutely. And uh, good morning as well to uh, 81-year-old Martha Stewart, Buck. Turns out she is one Can't of, wait to get that swimsuit yeah, edition. Yeah, she is one of four Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue cover ladies. Cover ladies. Martha Stewart, 81 years young. And I, I didn't even know they still did the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. Is that still a thing? You used to have that pinned up on your wall somewhere. Man. I know you used to back in the day. I used to get it every year. every Because that was an annual. My godfather used to re-up my Sports Illustrated subscription every year for my Christmas present. and uh, Or maybe a birthday. I don't know. They're both in December. But, uh, yeah, so I'd always have... I have Boxes and boxes of old Sports Illustrated in my uh, storage unit. Yeah, but it'll be 81-year-old Martha Stewart, uh, Megan Fox, a model named Brooks Nader, and then singer Kim Petras. There you go. Those are your four, so there you go. Good job, Martha. But 81-year-old Martha Stewart making the cut. She said, I didn't starve myself, but I didn't eat any bread or pasta for a couple of months. Did Pilates every other day. 
lots of crunches, she said. She's uh, also, she was a model when she was 15 years old. She started out as Martha a model. Martha Stewart? Yes. Didn't know that. Pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, there's there's where we'll start on this uh, Tuesday morning, National Barbecue Day, Bucks. We'll have fun with that today. Who doesn't like uh, some great Texas barbecue? We'll run through the uh, the best in the area for sure. We'll also get you ready for a big, busy week. How are you feeling about the uh, PGA Championship, which is teeing off on Thursday? Uh, well, i got to feel good about it. You're all dread. You look like you're ready to play a little, little G I feel today. Like golf, I feel like John Rahm is going to be the guy again. I think Ooh, he's going, going for the, the gusto. Yeah, I think he's going for going the gusto two for this two? year. Yeah. The Rominator. Uh, well, look, our Fantasy Golf uh, Championship, powered by Callahan's General Store. Uh, of course, Callahan's also powering our tour of Central Texas Golf Courses, which has a new course this month, which we'll tell you about. But, yeah, Callahan's is crank, uh, in the uh, the golf contest is cranking right there. And uh, you can go make your picks up and running at hornfm.com. Pick your nine golfers, and you like John Rom out of Group 1, it I sounds do. like. Uh, obviously, he showed the, uh, the stones at the Masters to, to take that green jacket and was the uh, – the master golfer of the year, right? The um, at Augusta National, and now here he is uh, coming to. to he's Rochester. had off a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's a, a good a pick as any. And uh, you know, Scotty Scheffler would be a pick, but man, he's his putter has been, you know, kind of hit or miss. Too many short putts. Yeah, his short game is immaculate. His creativity is is unmatched. Plus, he's a bomber, and this is kind of a bomber's course in Rochester. Um, you know, got to be deep off the tee. But you know, if you don't, if you can't make the short ones, and there's something between his head, that in between his ears with the putts, uh, you're gonna have some some issues there. So that'll tee off on Thursday. We'll preview that coming up. Also, a lot of previews today. Getting ready for a big big boop series um, and uh, the big conversations of the week. Let's start with the headlines, though. Get you caught up on the news of the morning, and then pick up the convos. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Night in baseball starts us off. Showdown of first place teams in Arlington last night turned into a rout in game one. Atlanta Braves rocked the Texas Rangers 12 0 at Globe Life Park. Kevin Pillar and Ronald Acuna Jr. each hit two run homers in the second inning. That spoiled the uh, debut of former Baylor Bear Cody Bradford, who was up making his big league debut for Texas. Orlando Arcia, Arson Riley, and Marcelo Zuna also socked two run shots for the Braves, who currently hold down the top spot in the NL East at 26 15. Rangers still in first place in the AL West, but their lead over Houston down to three games as the Astros took the, the first game of their set with the Chicago Cubs 6 4. Uh, in the first game of their their, game, their series, Alex Bregman hit a tie-breaking two-run homer in the seventh. Bregman really been struggling at the plate. Maybe that'll get him jump-started. That big home run last night. Round Rock Express took their weekly Monday off. They're going to continue their homestand tonight. Welcome in, welcome in El Paso into the Dell Diamond. First game of six with the Chihuahuas. In hockey, Dallas Stars returning to the Western Conference Finals for the second time in four seasons. Thrilling 2-1 to win over the Seattle Kraken last night in Game 7. Stars wrote a pair of second-period goals and another sensational performance from their goaltender, Jake Ottinger. The netminder turned away 21 of the 22 shots. As a matter of fact, was 13 seconds away from a Game 7 shutout when Seattle finally found the back of the net. Dallas will now face Vegas in the Western Conference Finals starting Friday night. Texas Stars are also still alive. They're playing in the Calder Cup playoffs. The Stars even with the Milwaukee Admirals at a game apiece in that best-of-five series with Milwaukee. It's the Central Division Finals. Series now shifts to Cedar Park for Game 3 tomorrow and Game 4 Friday night at HEB Center at Cedar Park. If Game 5 is necessary, it'll also be at the Cedar Park Center on Sunday night. Back to baseball. Tremendous week on tap in the Texas High School Baseball Playoffs. Cleared a pair of Central Texas showdowns in the regional quarterfinals. Round Rock and Westlake are going to face off at a 6A clash of marquee top 10 ranked teams in the state. Cedar Park and Rouse will have a District 25 5A rematch as well this week. Lake Travis has moved on in 6A, ousting San Marcos. They're going to now face San Antonio Johnson in the regional quarters in Georgetown. And their Class 5A title defense is still alive 
They're going to face Montgomery Lake Creek in a series this week. Fairly significant piece of news from the NFL yesterday for the first time. The NFL is going to exclusively air a playoff game on a streaming platform this coming January. NBC, uh, NFL and NBC Universal have agreed to put one of this season's playoff games exclusively on Peacock, their streaming service for NBC. The wild card game earlier in the day on January 13th will be on both NBC and NBC Peacock. And then the Saturday night primetime game, January 13th, will be exclusively on the Peacock stream. First time they've ever put a playoff game in primetime behind a paywall. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Not a fan of that uh, NBC streaming no. Peacock thing. Peacock thing. Putting that's a that's a pretty bold move. I know uh, streaming is the is the future of media and how you're going to consume games and TV shows and uh, movies. I mean that's that's obvious. But at the same time, uh, the NFL you normally a playoff game is you know, available to everyone. But now for this particular playoff game in middle January, wild card weekend, you're going to have to to find the Peacock stream or pay for it uh, for that night. Now, I also read where NBC is going to re-air the game the next day if you wanted to wait to watch it on on the day after uh, when you already know the results, uh, you can do that. But um, that's a a bold move, and obviously it's for revenue. Uh, NBC Peacock are going to pay handsomely, I think $110 million for that single game. Well, they'll you know there'll be records broken for that for that stream. I keep you wondering, that, and maybe but... somebody out there has some details on this because I don't own a sports bar. I like to go to sports bars and watch sports, but uh, how are the because you know you know the pluckers of the world, right? The sports bars of the world, I mean, they're used to one way on a Sunday, right? Having the ticket, sure, and you 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 just air the games and uh, you carry the over the air when it's on, and of course that's a huge part of. Their business operation, not just selling chicken wings and cold beers, but Sunday, yeah, yeah, Sunday ticket, and then you know the big games and people gathering with friends to watch, and you know, it kind of feels like it's going to be a scramble drill this year, because you know, because all those maybe Tom McKay, our guy at uh, audiovisual consultations, could tell us because he does all the pluckers TVs and and uh, digital, but um, you know they're going to have to switch to YouTube, right? I mean that's where the the Sunday ticket sure. is this year. But if you switch to YouTube, you're, are you losing other things? And we talk about it from our own personal house of, man, I don't want to... Lose your baseball stuff. Yeah, lose you? the Astros game if I go to this one. I may lose the Longhorn Network if I go to this one. Um, you know, who has them all? And you're trying to figure it out. And now the NFL ticket is going to YouTube. But now the NFL is announcing a, a playoff game will be streaming on Peacock. So, you know, you gotta you got to have your <laughs> head on a swivel, as we like to say, for the football season this year. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming all of these sports bars are making a plan, or maybe direct. Maybe I don't. Know, maybe the NFL has got a plan because you know when when, when a sports bar or a restaurant orders the uh, the Sunday tickets, it's, it's a different procedure than we do. Sure. At your house, so maybe there's a, a stream. I don't know. I don't know what the the NFL is not so silly to. Oh, they're not going to lose. No, they're not going to do that because obviously the, uh, the 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 bars and restaurants don't want to lose that that. Uh, that customer base rolling through there. But at the same time, I don't think the NFL wants to, you know, screw with that, you know, Sunday habit of people getting out and watching all their games. So uh, we'll see, but that is interesting going behind a paywall because if you don't, and if you're not a, you don't have the Peacock stream and you're not paying for it, then you won't get that playoff game. I did also see though, if it's, if, if, if one of the teams is in your home market, it'll be, it'll be shown on the NBC affiliate in, in those, in those two markets. Uh, so the local the local teams will get 
over the air. Uh, everyone else will have to, to find it on the stream or pay for it on the stream in uh, 20, it'll be early 2024, which is coming fast. We're already in May, Buck. We're already yeah, halfway it's through May. Now, believe me, it's going to be here in a hurry. We're already halfway through May at this point, which is crazy. Uh, and counting down the days for sure to the college football season. All right, it's National Barbecue Day. Ty is here. Ty, let's give the uh, behind the scenes. Ty came running in. Did you uh, have a little Game 7 Stars celebration last night, or you just overslept? I slept at my girlfriend's, and whenever I sleep there, everything's different. I don't know. I Oh, I bet it is. Hey, now. <laughs> celebrate Game 7. Come on. No, she hates the Stars. So she, she hates the Stars? She hates your hockey team? She's a, well, she's a Preds fan for, from Nashville, mm-hmm. so... She doesn't, and her ex-boyfriend is a Stars fan. Oh, the Preds. Preds are out. Done. The Preds been gone. Oh, yeah. They weren't very good this they year. They weren't very but good yeah, this year. No, I, my alarm went off like normal, but I think I, I looked at my phone, and I think instead of thinking oh, it catch said- five? I think instead of it saying, it said 5.30, and I definitely thought it said 4.30, and then I woke up like right as you were calling me and made it here in six minutes. <laughs> so. Yeah, because I called you at about 5.49. Normally, I, I, I make that call. If I don't see you by yeah. 5.40 or 5.45, I make a phone call. But uh, um, so, you know. Thank you for having some patience. But, well, uh, we made, I made you it. You made it. You made it. Um, but, yes, your, your Dallas Stars did beat the Seattle Kraken last night 2 to nothing. Look, I was going to be a 2-0 shutout, 2 nothing shutout. And the uh, Kraken got a goal with about 13 seconds to go. And um, That was too bad for me because I did have the minus 1.5. Oh, that broke your bet. Yeah. Broke your bet last yeah, night. Yeah, it looked like it was going to be more than that early. I mean, the Stars had numerous opportunities, power plays early. That was a but good. the Krakens held the cracks, the cracks as the, I call them. The cracks. They held on. <laughs> that was they a really good. held on. They could have got blown out last night. Now they're a young team, second year as a franchise. That was a good, good. Uh, I love those camera angles there at the American Airlines Center. It's, you just feel like you're right up on the ice, um, watching the the hockey last night. Good stuff there with Game Seven. They'll head to Vegas now. And um, Western Conference Finals, Final Four there in hockey. Also the Final Four in the NBA with Golden State. Excuse me, Golden State. With the Lakers and the Nuggets tonight. Tipping off Game 1, we'll preview LeBron and his Lakers against Jokic and the Nuggets. Nuggets trying to make their first ever NBA Finals. They need four wins to get there. Lakers as well. And who would have thought the Lakers would be where they are right now. But uh, on the heels of the NFL stuff, but college football and the countdown continues. One piece of news that's happening already. The ACC, the Atlantic Coast Conference, and their annual spring meetings are underway at Amelia Island, Florida. That's where all the top brass are gathering. And uh, the Sater, saber rabbling, rattling has already begun. Already begun in Amelia Island, Florida. Because, you know, the members of the Atlantic Coast Conference are not happy. They're not happy currently. Uh, if you remember, the, the gift that keeps on giving, which is conference realignment, um, is still a conversation here in 20 and 23. And at the spring meetings, it, you know, this is the first time the league's top administrators have gathered in person since the Florida State Athletic Director Michael Alfred publicly lambasted the ACC's current equal revenue sharing model, uh, saying something, he said, quote, something has to change uh, because Florida State could not, cannot compete nationally if it falls $30 million behind its peers in the SEC and the Big Ten on an annual basis. Uh, so you had Florida State saying, hey, wait a second. And remember, the ACC is locked into their deal, their media rights Long deal with time. ESPN through 2036. Yeah. 2036. They signed that deal. And they agreed to it. And obviously it was a mistake because the, the landscape has changed so dramatically since that signing. Uh, but as we've said over and over, ESPN is, it has no interest in reopening that negotiation. No. They're happy to have it locked in through 20 and 23 or 2036. So 13 more years, they carry ACC football. 
but the members of the ACC are not happy to the extent that, in addition to Florida State's athletic director, Saber Rattling, lawyers for six other subset schools have been examining uh, their granting of rights deal and the entire deal, essentially looking at it with the, from the legal side and saying, is there a way, way out of this thing? Is there a way that we can you know, fight our way out, uh, essentially? Um, but it's not that simple um, because it's, you know, it, it's, it's locked in. And the granting of rights is important. You've got to remember what the GOR is. That's because you know, even if the teams were somehow to leave the conference and go somewhere else, the broadcast rights of all of their those teams' home games would still belong to the ACC. Right. Essentially, you're granting your rights to the conference. You're turning your rights over to the conference. You may be getting out, but you're going to those Maybe games. It doesn't do you any good to go at that point because ACC would still control the the rights to the games. So, and here's the I read this in the uh, from Stadium.com yesterday. The seven schools, lawyers from the seven you know, grumbling schools, have met to uh, find how truly unbreakable the grant of rights with the ACC is. It currently goes uh, through 2036. So those schools are Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, Miami, NC State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. Now, you know, the more likely end game here is, as we said with the Florida State athletic director, would be an unequal revenue sharing model where those seven schools are the, 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 the seven more you know, top end football programs within the conference and the rest would, of the, would get more money than the others. The and the three others, or four dwarfs. Which, you know, that was really the demise of the original Big Twelve was the uneven revenue sharing. Everybody was jealous of, you know, Texas and Nebraska and, and others within were Texas and Texas A and M in the conference because Texas at the beginning said, wait a second, we're gonna generate most of this revenue. Uh, why are we sharing an equal portion with you know the the lesser teams in our conference, and of course that leads to, to issues and acrimony. And I think it would, the same thing would happen in the ACC. But that's something to follow if they can find a way out. I don't. I, as I say, what is the got end? a lot of work to do for this? And look, they, they're, they're, there are seven teams there. I don't think either. The I'm pretty certain the SEC nor the Big Ten are ready to absorb seven new schools. No. I mean, they're, they're, they can't all go somewhere. I mean, I think the SEC would be open to. I know this. The SEC would certainly be open to North Carolina. Uh, I, know, I know a lot of people would say Clemson would be the cherry of that, but if you talk to league administrators in the SEC or even the Big Ten, the best the North Carolina would be the big dog there. Yeah, because of the other sports too. You know all the other sports, but the Charlotte market is a growing market. It's a good TV market in the East Coast. It's a great school, and yes, basketball is huge, and the football program could be really, really big. Um, you know, I was told that when uh, Texas A and M uh, and Missouri moved to the Southeastern Conference back then. Um, more than a decade ago, the SEC wanted North Carolina, mm-hmm. not Missouri, but they couldn't get North Carolina at the time, and they settled for Missouri, but they would have preferred North Carolina. Uh, that would be one to watch, but uh, Clemson obviously has a great football program with Dabo Swinney, um, and obviously those schools are looking at that saying, look, if again, we're making $30, $40 million less annually than the teams in the SEC and the Big Ten. Over a 10-year period, we're going to be, we're going to get lapped. We're going to get smoked. I mean, this is the same issue that they're having over in the Pac-12 because they're locked in as well, and they're a West Coast conference where the ACC is an Atlantic Coast conference. Uh, Big 12 has kind of settled itself in as the third conference at this point, and you wonder if some of those seven schools, if they're able to buy their way out, Buck, or at least create enough, you know, argument that there's something to be done. The Big 12 could also jump into this and, and, you know, absorb some of those schools if there's a way for them to become free agents, which who knows with the legalese of this. But, yes, the uh, conference realignment, the gift that keeps on giving. Or it just keeps on going. Yeah. 
It's uh, yeah, we knew about this to keep with up the ACC with the, early in the spring. I mean, well, right after the new year, they were well, talking. Well, yeah, that's about when the Florida State Athletic Director right. said it. But this is the first; they're together now. They're gathering, league administrators talking head to head, face to face, and so we'll see how that goes over the course of this week. Uh, a couple weeks out now to the SEC meetings too, Buck, and the uh, the Longhorns will be there. Uh, Texas AD Chris Del Conte, I don't imagine Jay Hartz will be there. That's in about two weeks. The SEC annual spring meetings. Uh, is that before? That's before the Big Twelve. Yeah, it's the week. Yeah, this before. is just administrators oh. getting together and administrating. Uh, that's coming up. I think it's two weeks away mm-hmm. to the SEC meetings. And yeah, Texas and Oklahoma are expected to have representation there. Because the big question there, Buck, is is it? Can, are they going to a nine game conference schedule? Yeah, scheduling. You know, the, the scheduling. Because now that it's official, uh, Texas and Oklahoma will play one more season in the in the Big Twelve and then join in twenty twenty four. They can start building a schedule for twenty twenty four. They have to get down to the you know, brass tacks of is it a nine-game schedule or eight. I think nine is the, the most realistic. And then is it an open scheduling model? Is it going to be – because the, the way Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, continues to talk about it, his vision is for a you know divisionless SEC, a 16-team divisionless conference. Um, you know, scheduling is you – know, there will be you know one team you'll play each year, and that's going to be the big topic, nine games and then how the schedule is going to get built on an annual basis. And they'll have all 16 teams together to uh, hash that out in a couple weeks, um, but fairly important to the uh, to to fans and uh, you know to the conference of how they're going to to move forward with the two new additions. So the ACC with changes potentially coming, and the SEC getting ready. And remember, in 2024, Buck USC and UCLA will also join the Big, right. 12, Big Ten. So uh, one more year, but obviously 2023 will be the last year under the current look. Because by 2024, Buck, you'll have Texas and Oklahoma into the SEC, USC and UCLA into the Big Ten, and we'll also, by 2024, have a 12-team college football playoff. about that? Yeah. Yeah. So one year away now from uh, all, I mean, just a completely new look to how college football is, you know, looks and then how it, the champion is decided. Uh, but one more year, but you got to get ahead of that. So that's going on right now, the annual spring meetings. We'll keep you posted on that uh, from down in uh, – Never been to Amelia Island, Florida. Have you? Yeah, I have. It's great. Yeah, it's beautiful. It is an island. It's off know. the uh, west coast. I'm just wondering of Florida. If, if that took a hit with the the hurricane, the last hurricane that went through there. You know, Destin and places like that took a big hit. Small parts of even Jacksonville took a little bit of a hit, but I wonder if Amelia Island took one too. I got to believe it did. Yeah. Uh, well, not sure, but uh, that's where they're hanging out today and uh, getting ready for that. So that's going on. We'll get to the uh, conference finals and preview those coming up. Uh, the big baseball series. I'll talk about the Braves. Braves jumped all over the Rangers last night. Twelve zip. That was uh, I was by the TV to see that. Was, you know, both teams ten games over five hundred, both in first place. And uh, the young left-hander made his first start. The kid from Baylor, uh, Bradford, went to the mound and he got rocked pretty good. That he did. Uh, he was giving up. He was too much plate at that point. Too much plate. And uh, you know, the Braves. Ronald Acuna. Hit a, hit a bomb last night for sure. But uh, 12 nothing there. Astros get the win. As we said, maybe Alex Bregman gets it going here. He's bad, he's bad, Alex is bad about 212 right now uh, early in the baseball season. And without Jose Altuve and Michael Brantley and some of their key guys, uh, they need Bregman to get going. That was a big two-run homer last night against the Cubs. They get the win 6-4. So we got baseball on the brain. We'll start previewing the, uh, the conference championship series and uh, dive into the PGA Tour and the week to come. A lot happening out there. Ty is... I got to give you credit, Ty. You 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 raced in here. You got here in six minutes. Did, were you 
Breaking the law as far as the speed limit is concerned? Yes. <laughs> huh. Admitting that to the popo. I didn't ride any or I didn't run any red lights or anything like that though. But you were carefully in a hurry. You're carefully timing the lights for your timing. They get it's very tactical. Yes. Yeah, they're time you know how the time went up anyway this time. I got, I got lucky at this one right here. It turned green right as I was so I just kept going. You take that left hand turn anyway, thank, right? Thank God I was at my girlfriend's house though, because if I was at my house You take that left that's turn a on red anyway. Trip. That's a 15 minute. You don't wait for that light to turn green. Yeah. That thing to turn green, like, like, I run that red minute, light most three every minutes. morning. Oh, <laughs> kidding me? Well, when we're going 360 and you have to wait for the red light to turn three minutes later, and but you're there's turning nobody left, out here. It's pretty easy to see if a car is coming. Yeah, very dark. much. Yeah. Because yeah, no that one... thing takes about three minutes before it turns, <laughs> three, four minutes before it turns. Yeah. Well, glad Ty made it. But Ty made it, got us on the air. We were making things happen right as the show began, but here we go, and we've got a busy Tuesday. Just getting warmed up. We'll get the Craig Way Report coming up. We've got some B&E facts of the day, and yeah, we start looking forward to a really, really great week of sports that's on tap. Uh, People's got to start tonight. making some basketball decisions, don't they, some of these guys? Well, we'll preview that as well, because tonight is the NBA Draft Lottery, Yep, and we'll get you the latest on the Longhorn roster, because uh, you know there's a combine going on right now. Uh, for the NBA. So all that to, to come, a busy Tuesday, 1049-1019, AM1260. Of course, stream us always on your Horn app, on your smart speaker, and at hornfm.com. B&E. Tuesday on the Horn, B&E with you. Interesting with the uh, conference finals in the NBA, both series. Western Conference tips off tonight with the uh, Lakers and Nuggets and tomorrow night with the Miami Heat and Boston Celtics. Rematches of what we saw in 2020 in the Orlando bubble buck. Rematch of those same series. So you kind of go back and if you go back to when the Lakers beat the Nuggets on their way to winning the the championship in the bubble, uh, Anthony Davis was the key factor. Yes, he was. Anthony Davis dominated. They had no answer for him. And and Nikola Jokic, as good as he is as a center on the offensive end with the triple doubles and the uh, uh, the interior plays, it's not a very good defender, especially against bigs like Anthony Davis. And they, they didn't have an answer for him in the bubble. The question is, will they have an answer for him in this series? Uh, it's going to be a challenge uh, for sure. Uh, and obviously Anthony Davis has been somewhat up and down, but he's been really good in this playoff run. And uh, he becomes a, a real central factor of the series. Can he be the I difference? think game one will be important for, for Denver. They need to get they can't lose game one at home. Well they've got to use that home court advantage and yes, altitude. Altitude is a factor. Any player coming from, you know, sea level like they are out in Los Angeles will tell you, man, you play, you know, fourth quarter, your legs get a little a little heavier. Uh we play in a mile high in the altitude. Obviously Denver more used to it than a than a team like LA. And there's a there's an adjustment period to that. So yeah, you're right. Denver has to defend home floor because the Lakers are going to Denver trying to get a split. Trying to get one of those games, get back to L.A. and um, you know continue their winning ways in this playoffs because they've been under undervalued in both series. A lot of people thought Memphis. Memphis, Memphis was the the uh, the two seed going into that series and were the favored series with all the John Morant issues that they oh, yeah. have been and are still dealing with. They were the favored series. I mean, a lot of people thought, didn't think the old Lakers could keep up with the young Grizz, and they did. And then you know Golden State was favored in that series, and the Lakers won that. And now here they are, and I think the Lakers can draw on what they. I mean, there, there's a lot of not new players on each roster from back in 2020, but uh, the two the two key factors for me and Ty weigh in on this is uh, J- Jamal Murray. Jamal, remember Jamal Murray in the bubble? I mean, he was unbelievable. I mean, he was the key to the Nuggets in the bubble, uh, the way he played. And Anthony Davis was the key for the Lakers, and I think maybe those two guys become keys here as uh, 
key factors, not just in Game 1, but for their, this whole series. How do the Nuggets deal with Anthony Davis? And how do the Lakers then turn and deal with uh, with Jamal Murray, who can get off and have a big series here? Well, in the, the Nuggets will have to get Anthony Davis in foul trouble. But he's so good with his timing and blocking shots when he defends the rim. So, With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I mean, they, they, they've got a group that, I mean, they're one-two punch with Murray and Jokic. I mean, that's, that's still, that's still going to be tough to stop. I think the group that will get in foul trouble in this series is going to be the Lakers. Yeah, uh, and it's interesting because Aaron Gordon, you know, is a good scoring option too for the Nuggets. But mm-hmm. he's going to spend a lot of time trying to guard LeBron James. He's probably going to be the main guy guarding, trying to to slow down LeBron, who had that great game in Game Six to close out. That could mean the Lakers not only have been under undervalued in, in the underdogs in both series; they've won both series in six games. The other because that's the, what to your point about the Nuggets have to win their home games. Lakers haven't lost a home game so far in these playoffs. They've won every game in L.A. So uh, if they could get a split. You got to feel pretty good if you're on the Lakers side of this thing. But as we said yesterday, two fun and compelling series. We have two marquee. I mean, the Lakers and Celtics are the marquee, you know, franchises in the history of the league, in the history of the sport. And now you have these two upstarts, and the Nuggets and the Heat, uh, that are under under the radar type. And, and you know, Nikola Jokic is such an under the radar superstar who doesn't like the limelight, which is rare in the NBA. Where you know the look at me you know, generation. And then, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler in the heat and Eric Spolstra. These will be, these will be fun series starting tonight. Uh, you still feeling Nuggets easily here? Five games? You're still feeling that there, T.Y.? Nuggets in five. Nuggets in five games. Lakers will win game three. And that's it, according to Ty. I'm going to take the Lakers in six games. Six games again. I think they're going six uh, in this one because I think they're going to get one of these in Denver. And then I think they're going to get back home and continue their home success. Who do you, you got? You going Denver or the Lakers? But uh, I think Denver's going to win. Do you? I think Denver's going to win the championship. Yeah, they're the favorites in Vegas, the odds favorite, and they've never been to the finals. Uh, this could be their first trip. And um, you know, the NBA would like to see the Lakers and Celtics in the finals. You know, of that, course right? they would <laughs> more than the Heat and the Denver Nuggets in their NBA oh, finals. Yeah, I would say <laughs> Scott Foster is out there. I don't know if he has any vendettas against any of these guys like he does Chris Paul, but. Uh, I, I definitely believe that there is a script. That is you followed. definitely believe that? No, he doesn't. He's he just doesn't saying believe that. That's, that. Just, that's radio fodder. There's no real belief. If there's in any this sport one. where that's happening, <laughs> it's the NBA. I, I've talked about it in the past. Oh, I mean, if there's any sport that officially have agendas, I think it's the NBA for sure. Well, it's been proven. Oh, you got Tim Donaghy blew the cover off of that. You know, if there was ever a doubt. For sure, for sure. All right, so that tips tonight uh, and Eastern Conference tomorrow night. Uh, we've also got National Barbecue Day, Buck. Ty, do you have, I've never asked you this. Do you have a favorite go-to barbecue spot? Like if, you, if you're going to go get great barbecue here in the area, do you have a, uh, a locale? Cooper's is probably my favorite. Cooper's downtown? Well, the, the original Cooper's. In Lano? Lano, out there? Yeah, but the one downtown does does the job. And there's one in, what, New, in between New Braunfels and San Marcos, too? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, so National Barbecue Day, uh, you know, it's funny, I was talking to, and this is a, kind of a name drop, but I was uh, working with some stuff we're going to work with in the fall for the football season. I was talking to Terry Black of Terry Black's Barbecue recently, 
Uh, Terry, of course, down there in Lockhart, Texas, uh, and it's got the great place right there on uh, downtown, mm-hmm. right across from the Palmer Event Center on Barton Springs. Uh, and Terry was saying that uh, they're having a heck of a time getting prime briskets. Apparently, there's like a brisket shortage going on. They can get enough of the uh, still a high quality brisket, but they're having a hard time getting the the primes enough for what they're doing. And uh, Terry Black, by the way, Terry Black's opening a spot in Waco, Fort Worth. Uh, got one in Houston now. There's one in downtown Dallas. Uh, they're doing great work with Terry Black's Barbecue. And we're still waiting you know, on National Barbecue Day for the uh, the Valentinas. You know, Valentinas is uh, one of the top, as voted by the uh, you know, Texas Monthly, does the rankings every four years. And the last time it came out in 2021, Valentinas, uh, which was kind of the food truck down there at the end of Manshack, almost to 1626. But they're bringing on a new, you know, big location in downtown Buda. And it's down there in the Buda Mill and Grain area, and it's it's taking forever. I don't know what's going on down there. Uh, they're, they're they're trying to get that thing open. I don't know. Maybe it opens by the summertime. But when Valentina's get now, they're still open on Manchac, so you can still go get that great right. Valentina's barbecue. And those uh, barbecue breakfast tacos are the best if you're looking for it in the morning. But they've got the uh, the mesquite wood fired offset smoker ready to roll for you. But they're going to open in downtown Buda. That's going to be a big addition to the food scene and. In Buda, just south of uh, downtown Austin, so uh, pretty cool. So we'll talk some barbecue today. Do you? Do you? Uh, if you're going to, no, get... I don't have a favorite barbecue place. I, Style I eat, switch out in wait out in uh, your neck of the wood, pretty yeah, good. I don't eat a lot of barbecue. I just don't. I don't. I mean, whatever Wayne Miller cooks, that's good with me. Well, Wayne Miller, Louis Miller I mean, Barbecue, and Taylor, and of course his sister uh, Leanne with La Barbecue, the the Miller family. And all that they do in the barbecue game for sure. So we'll take your thoughts on some great barbecue. And if you have any details on when that Valentina is going to crank it up down there in Buda, that'd be good to know. It says, guys, the Burnt Bean and Seguin. I love that name. I've heard about that, by the way. Buddy of mine. You know who told me about the Burnt Bean, Buck? Sorry. My guy Juan. My Juan guy Juan did. with the cable card. My guy Juan with the fire stick guy pl- idea plan. Juan's hanging out with the Burnt Bean. Yes. Well, he's a he is, Juan is uh, on, on a cooking team. Like, he's big into the cooking side of it. Oh. And, uh, competition cooking. Juan is a chef, is he? Yeah, oh, yeah, he's a smoker. He's a smoker for sure. And Juan knows his stuff on barbecue, and he was the one that said, man, you got to try the burnt bean and seguin. Know a few smokers. Unbelievable. Well, it says burnt bean. Here's another one for burnt bean and seguin. Best barbecue around. It says Style Switch also has a location in Cedar Park. They have the best potato salad I've ever had. You know, the, the, a, lot of, you know a lot of people love the barbecue, then the sides. Oh, I love the, the sides. Big, I'm a potato salad, yeah. That's tremendous. But, yeah, the Style Switch guys have done a great job. They've opened right there in uh, outside of Belterra. They have a great location. Mm-hmm. They want to see their park now. And people love their barbecue, man. Can't it's, forget Whitfields. Can't forget Whitfields and our man Casey Sutter. But, you know, Casey's going mostly catering now. Casey is doing a ton of catering, more than even his uh, you know walk-up operation there at Brody and Davis in South Austin. Uh, our man Casey, yeah, he's doing great with the uh, – the Kate does a lot of stuff with UT – and I know Casey was busy as heck last weekend and the weekend before with all the graduation stuff, uh, catering for uh, for events. I know he met a bunch of folks at the Mullet Open. I, gar- I guarantee he's doing some cooking for a bunch he's of people. He's always wheeling and dealing. Oh, he was wheeling and dealing now. He had a great time. This... He, was with your, he was with your buddy, uh, Lance Jonesy. Nice. Playing, he played with those guys and had a great time. They enjoyed his company. Yeah, listen, Casey and uh, Whitfield, he does a hell of a job. Uh, with that barbecue for sure. Somebody said Valentina's in Buda is going to be open by June. Ooh, that's good. That's like soon. It's May. That's so, right. <laughs> we're almost May. there. And it's a really cool thing. I mean, if you the Buda Mill and Grain is a is a development. There's a, the, the restaurant Mudbugs is there. There's a cool little bar called Nate's, and there's all kinds of little stuff there. 
but you know it's an old mill and grain. I mean, it's what it is. It's the end of the railroad tracks there, right there at the end of Main Street in downtown Buda. And the Valentinas is actually going in to. They're using the old silos, like the grain silos, and they've they've got picnic tables underneath, and they've got the glass front. Uh, that's going to be a really really nice location uh, in Buda, and they're going to do a great job at the barbecue. But uh, June is what it says. Interstellar barbecue has been mentioned. Snows in Lexington. You went a you went on a road oh, trip to Snows with Bob your guy Bob Cole, Bob Cole back in the day. That was the best barbecue I'd ever tasted. Snows barbecue. And they, aren't they only open on Saturdays? Yeah, and when they're when they're out of meat, they're out. They're done. It closes before it'll be closed before noon. I mean, people were coming from all over the state, out of state, with coolers to take with them. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. I mean, that thing opened, and it, it, was, it seemed like forty five minutes later. It was closed. You could still st- stay there and eat, but you well, couldn't get anything. Well, I know. I think there was the year where Snows was was number one on the list uh, for Texas Monthly, and that irritated a lot of s- cookers because, like, I remember talking to Wayne Miller about this. Snows like, is way out there. Well, it's way out there, but they're only open once a, once a week. It's mm-hmm. like well, it's one thing, but you know, there should be a separate category for for people like that, and for the people that are that are cooking seven days a week and are open every day. Uh, it's a little bit of a different process than you know, opening up one one day and selling out and then that's your barbecue that's a little bit of a different thing but uh i mean obviously it's blown up as an industry in in the great state and all through central texas which is cool to see uh, and it is national barbecue day do you have a favorite meat tie is there a go-to is it brisket brisket ribs? uh marble brisket or prime rib smoked prime rib oh smoked prime rib is good oh man i will say to your guy and our guy wayne miller at louis miller barbecue and taylor those beef ribs because I, I love the pork ribs. I think the pork ribs are just phenomenal. I'm a big fan. But when he makes those beef ribs, when you eat one of those things, you're in a, you're in a meat coma. I mean, they are so big. <laughs> I, I worked at County Line. I had two stints at County Line. That was actually my first job ever. And I couldn't eat barbecue for a while after that. I bet you couldn't. Which one did you work at? I worked on the lake. Oh, down on the lake one? Yeah. Yeah, I, I when know. When you're on 360. They're on Bee Cave, too. Wayne cooks a, a mean brisket, but boy, he, they do some spectacular stuff with chicken. Oh, that man. is incredible. Don't overrate a good the chicken. barbecue chicken. Yeah, I mean those that, are hard to come by. You know, I got the at one time I thought the best was Rudy's had a great yeah. barbecue chicken Rudy's, going on. If you if you want just chicken, yes, Rudy's, just chicken. Rudy's yes. is the move for sure. Right, so. What 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 are your what are y'all's thoughts on Rudy's? Is that just like get it done barbecue? It's, it's not it's not too get bad. It done. Not yeah, too it's good. fine. It's okay. I mean, it's not going to win awards, but no. it's good. I agree. I mean, it's a, it's like a five. It's like a six. But their chicken's okay. Yes, their chicken's 10 at 10, for sure. Uh, City Market in Luling is a good one. All right, I like that. Have to get down to that. Chisholm Trail in Lockhart. Chisholm Trail, nice. Uh, you know, the Salt Lake's still out there. Salt Lake's still cranking. They were yeah. busy for, for, for uh, graduation weekend. I know that. That's probably my was. favorite sauce is Salt Lake, that mustard-based sauce. That's some good it's stuff. It's about food coma. That's where I was in a food coma. The first time I went to the Salt Lake. Oh, and you get the all-you-can-eat? Dude, I was – no, I was just – it's just a regular meal with so much. I mean, I talk about stuffing myself. It was unbelievable. On a bun, I said, I, I, can I eat all this? My little baby belly? <laughs> I tried, man. I stuffed it all. Well, bar- National Barbecue Day is always a good conversation as we head into the summer. Memorial Day is only a couple, couple weekends away. And you'll be out there cooking on your own uh, smoker and getting it going into the summertime. Uh, all right, so we'll come back. We'll hit the B&E facts of the day. Uh, we'll start to preview these big events of the week, including, the, as we said, the NBA Conference Finals. We've got the PGA Championship. Texas Baseball Series, huge one coming up starting Thursday with West Virginia. We'll get you the details and hear from a, from a key guy trying to make his way back. It's B&E on the horn. But first, it's Craig Weck. 
It's Bucky and Eric. Get to hornfm.com and make your picks. Pick nine golfers in the second major of the golf season. And our fantasy golf challenge presented by Callahan's General Store. You've got until Thursday morning, Thursday morning, before they tee off in Rochester, New York, to do it. Go pick your nine golfers. Have fun with that. You get a great uh, gift pack, including gift cards to Callahan's General Store for your use. Uh, but go make your picks. You like John Ronbuck. Yeah, Rory's been off a while after losing his $3 million because he didn't show up to the last big event. Well, and, you know, Rory checked out, at, well, kind of checked out before the Masters because he was never really locked in, no. did not perform well at the Masters, and, uh, you know, that's when he took the time off and missed the, the event down at Hilton Head, and that's what he got fined for because that was one of those elevated purses on mm-hmm. the PGA Tour, and the, the top players are supposed to commit to those, and he didn't. He said he needed to go mentally regroup. That's uh, just Rory $3 McElroy. million. No big deal for you, Rory. Yeah. You got fined $3 million? Yes. Well, I mean, that's part of the deal that the PGA Tour made with the players. Like, if we're going to raise well, he the knew, purses. And he knew what the deal was. Yeah, isn't, he, isn't that, like, the purse for some of these smaller tournaments? Yes. 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 I mean, he'll he'll absorb that. But uh, That's crazy. We'll see if he can get back in uh, the PGA Tour. And, of course, you know, Scotty Scheffler will be a, a factor. John Rahm is, is sitting there coming off the Masters and... You know the other guys you got to think about. We we you know the live tour continues. They had an event this past weekend, and um, you know Phil, yeah, Phil Mickelson. But you know Brooks Kepka obviously is the name to watch. He was right there at, at Augusta all the way to Sunday, and then uh, John Rom pulled away. But uh, we'll make those picks. We'll have some fun with golf as we are two days out now to the uh, to the big event. We'll I just think Tony Finau is one in between. E. Tony Finau did one win in between, mm-hmm. and Jason Day who just won up at yep. uh, the Byron Nelson. It's a guy who's been playing really, really good and now post to put a win on the board. Got to feel like he's feeling good um, you know, going into this event. You can, group, you can pick him out of group six uh, on our golf contest at hornfm.com. By the way, while you're there, you can get at hornfm.com, you can uh, sign up to win tickets to the Big 12 tournament. If you want to get up to uh, you know, next Wednesday, the Longhorns and all the Big 12 teams will gather for the Big 12 baseball tournament. That's at Globe Life Park right there where the Rangers play. So, you know it's got a roof, so there won't be a weather concern. You can get up there and see some baseball. Register for those tickets at hornfm.com. Speaking of uh, baseball last night, Aaron Judge hit two home runs in their game against Toronto. One of them was a 462-foot monster mm-hmm. shot. Uh, your guy Aaron Judge now uh, has tied, has broke a tie with Alex Rodriguez for the fifth most career multi-home run games in Yankee history. Only uh, Yankees it's be now. Babe in there. It's got to be yeah, Joe DiMaggio in there. Yeah, all-time Yankees with more multi-homer games than Aaron Judge now. Only Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, Lou Gehrig, and Joe D. Joe DiMaggio. He passed uh, Alex Rodriguez, right? Yeah, he, yes. he broke a tie with Alex Rodriguez. And that's, his, that's his second multi-home run game in the last, what, like now three they, days? This one raised some eyebrows because if you were watching and listening to the – well, we'll play the, the sound for you coming up, but even the, uh, the Toronto TV broadcast was noticing that before he would swing – before the pitch would come, Aaron Judge would be was seen clearly glancing his attention into the Yankee dugout, and it, I'll let you hear the sound. But uh, after the game, Aaron Judge said he was somebody was chirping from the Yankees dugout, and he was trying to see who it was. But there are those on the Toronto side and maybe around baseball who think that he was looking for a sign that somehow somebody from the Yankee dugout was relaying a pitch sign to Aaron Judge, and of course on the curveball is that frowned upon? Uh, well. That would be cheating. Now, listen, This is we had this debate with the Astros when they're banging on trash cans. The Is it cheating or is it gamesmanship? Obviously cheating in that regard. 
but if 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 the pitcher is tipping his pitches, yeah, and your other guy in the dugout knows, and he, yeah. you look over and he says, "Yeah, here's what he's doing." Well, I mean, is that, that cheating? No, it's not. Well, the Astros so. are doing a little bit more than banging on trash sure. cans. Well, they were and they were they were using video. I mean, they had a video screen set up to be able to buzzers, buzzers, and they, that was a pretty elaborate situation. But it's all under the same umbrella. There's to an extent that was unacceptable. But like, if there, there's somebody in the rain, in the Yankee dugout. Sure. And the pitcher, you know, when they put the ball behind their hand, behind their back, I mean, and you, they can see the grip of the pitch. If the pitcher is that dumb, yeah, that's on the and pitcher. Going to tip the yeah, pitcher. That... The, the, there's nothing wrong with somebody from the dugout signaling to Aaron Judge that he's gripping the curveball. He's gripping the curveball. What's the MLB stance on that, though? That's le- <laughs> it's just like still the, legal. It's just like a, a runner at second base getting a sign from the catcher and relaying it to the hitter. Change your I mean, sign. That's been going on for a hundred years. So what? You're just, as long as you just use your voice. You don't use like a trash can or something like that. Well, no, that. the Astros were in trouble. A, the trash cans, but the trash cans, they they were banging on the trash can after they saw the sign on a video screen that they had set up a camera okay. in center field. The, the the digital and video element that's what is wrong. what's illegal. Yes, but if a guy on the on the first in the first base dugout can see the the ball behind the pitcher's back and can tell Alex Rodriguez or Aaron Judge. I think that would have to be on the pitcher. You'd need to change that up, dude. Well, yeah, the pitcher you can't grip it how you're going to grip it when you put the ball in the glove. But some pitchers still do it because there's a pitch clock, so they get the grip, they put oh, it behind their back, and, and they, they put go. It. So you, and, and and if that signal's coming in, you know there's nothing wrong with a, with a teammate or a coach, you know, sending that sign to Aaron Judge and him hammering a 462 foot shot. That's on the pitcher. Still got to hit it. Still got to hit it. But it does help if you know it's a number one or number two. Number one or number two that helps a lot. But uh, yeah, we'll pick that up on the other side. It's B and E on the horn.